Welcome to Gen Z Girlies, the podcast designed specifically for Gen Z women and non-binary folk. This is the place where you can grow your confidence and learn about how to build careers and lives that you'll love. Here you can join a community where we sit down with other Gen Zers who are leveraging their interests and talents to make waves. I'm Maddie Baldwin, your host, your biggest supporter, and your advocate that whatever you can dream, you can do. And this, this is Gen Z Girlies. Hey, Gen Z Girlies. Welcome to another episode of the Gen Z Girlies podcast. This week, we have a great guest with us who I'm so excited for you all to kind of get to hear a little bit about her advice on life and everything that she is doing right now, because I've heard a little bit of it. And from what I've heard, it is truly amazing and something that should be shared. And I think that she's going to have some great advice about life that you all can hear. Um, But I'll go ahead and let her kind of just take it off. And if you just want to tell us your name, Um, And kind of just a little bit about, in your own words, like, what is it that you do? Like, what do you want us to know about you? Well, thank you so much for having me for a start. This has been a long time coming this episode. We've had some hiccups along the way, um, but so great to finally be here. So my name is Alana Kilmartin, and it is such a tough question to answer about, you know, what do I do and what do people, what I want people to know about me because I'm a very multi-passionate person. But I have started a movement called Unserious Careers and I have a book coming out in the next couple of days also called Unserious Careers. And basically I am incredibly passionate about the careers of young people, people coming out of school in those first kind of five years of their career and this idea of making a career fun, more enjoyable, not so heavy and serious, like there's a whole bunch of pressure to decide on one career path. So that's kind of, I guess, the basis of unserious careers. And a lot of that stems from my own story, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit further in the conversation. Um, But basically at the moment I'm on a, I call it an adult gap year. And I was living in New Zealand for five years and my partner and I have just left our lives in New Zealand and we're traveling the world at the moment. So at the moment, I'm in Japan, I'm snowboarding at the moment, and yeah, we have kind of an epic 12 months of overseas adventures planned while I'm building on serious careers and some other projects along the way as well. So just someone that is incredibly passionate about work and how we can use work to create a really meaningful life. Yeah, no, I think that is amazing. And I really love that concept of just unserious careers. And I think that we do have like a really huge move towards like this, these careers that we have have to be super serious and like they can't have like a lot of fun in them or we just kind of let them take over our lives sometimes. And I think that there is something to be said about how do you balance career with life and is it one way or the other? Um, how would you say that like you kind of go about looking at that idea of unserious career, like, in matching up with your life as well like what does that look like for you like how do you um kind of live that out I guess yeah so I'm like first and foremost I don't necessarily follow the idea of work-life balance um and the reason Mm -hmm. is I've tried to do that in the past and what I really came down to was that they're one and the same so work is a part of life and it's really difficult Mm -hmm. to separate those two things 
And I found when I was trying to chase this, like there's a lot of talk out there about work-life balance. When I was trying to find that, I would just end up falling flat on my face. So for me, it's much more about work-life integration. So I know that if I am doing work that I'm lit up by, that I am really enjoying, that It doesn't have any of that negative connotation around work and there are always going to be bad days and there's going to be stressful days. But I know for me that life has to come first and the things that I enjoy have to come first. And if work can work within that, then I know I'm always going to manage Mm. some sort of a great relationship between the two. And that was part of the reason why uh, I'm doing the travel that I'm doing at the moment was I wanted to be able to prove to myself that I could build a business, that I could be working and doing doing work that I really care about at the same time as doing something else that I really care about, which is traveling. And I know you and I have that Mm. in common, the idea of, you know, traveling and seeing the world. And I'd be lying if I said it was easy all the time that, hey, I always have it right. But I think what's most important I've found myself and I know for other people is deciding what work is going to mean to you. And if work is going to be that thing that you just want to go to, you want to work say eight hours a day and you don't want to have to think about it again when you go home, then that's fine. Do that. Don't try and chase someone else's idea of what what work is supposed to be. Mm. And I'm someone that's very ambitious by nature and I've been ambitious from a very young age. And it has meant that at times I've gone completely into the work zone and had no room at all for any enjoyment, any fun. And that's when I've ended up completely burnt out. So I think it's totally something to for me that I've had to develop along the way and work out what does work really mean to me and what role do I want it to play in my life? And for me, it's, it it has to support my life. It can't just be Mm. the be all and end all and that, well, life just has to fit around work. No, I honestly, I love what you were saying just about how like your career can fit into your life and that I think that you can like make really like what you do for work support what you want to do in your life as well and that's like and like that you can do both of them at the same time and you can pursue the kind of lifestyle you want while also having the career you kind of want and that's something that's been I think big for me with travel as well um because I do a lot of solo travel and just travel in general and um for me that was kind of a non-negotiable I was like okay like for my life like I want to be traveling um how how can I make that work And that can be really hard, I think, with like a lot of, you know, careers typically, or the very traditional idea of career is that you get a nine to five, you know, you go home, you have like a few hours before you go back. And it really makes it hard to kind of have a different kind of life other than the traditional ones that people usually, you know, have. Um, So I really like that you said that. And I totally believe that you can have both. You can have the lifestyle you want and the career you want. It's kind of just make finding a way to like make them work together for sure. Um, and I would love to hear like a little bit more about, cause I love your whole idea of like unserious careers and how you've made that work like with your life. But, and I think it sounds like you have a really interesting story kind of and how that's come together and like how you like came about wanting to do that. I would love to hear a little bit more about the story of just kind of how unserious careers unfolded and how you got to the point that you are at now. Yeah, it's a, I won't go to, I'll try to give the, the quick notes of it. I won't go, otherwise I could yeah. be here all night. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it starts, I guess, the, the, let's say the serious part of it really starts back when I was about 11 years old and I did quite well at school. It, I'd been recognized as being quite a- academically gifted from a young age. And when I was about 11, my dad asked me what I want to do with my life. And 
it wasn't like it wasn't like he was saying you need to decide on something right now but it was at that age when I was coming into high school and you started making a few more decisions say around subjects that you would you would choose to study and I remember replying to him that I wanted to be a nurse and that was because my grandma was a nurse like there was no real reason for it it was just I probably just plucked it out of thin air to be honest and he said to me Alana why would you be a nurse when you could be a doctor and it was a it was kind of a, a shoot for the stars uh, comment by him, right? He was just trying to encourage me to think, to dream big, and to to know what else might be possible for me. But what I ended up doing was putting this idea of becoming a doctor on a pedestal. So everything was about becoming a doctor. And any time from then on that someone asked me what I was going to do, it was going to be I'm going to be a doctor. Everyone would know that I was at school when I was at school, that that's what I was going to do. And when I started to shake that idea of wanting to be a doctor up was when I was about 17 years old and I had a boyfriend. He was my first love, just as corny and tragic as you can imagine. And he dumped me. And it was like this slap across the face because I'd always been a well-behaved student, did well at school. Yep, I'm going to study. I'm going to be a doctor. He was going to be a dentist. We were going to be this amazing power couple. It's so tragic when I think about it now, but at the time it felt so real like my life was over when he dumped me. But what really ended up happening was I started to ask myself this question of what else is out there? Uh, If this guy could dump me and that didn't plan out, then what else is happening in my life that maybe I haven't really thought about that maybe isn't correct for me? And through that kind of process, I decided to take a gap year and go traveling for 12 months and live in Italy as well. And through that process, I really, it's, to put it simply, I, I opened my eyes to what else was in the world and what other careers might be possible for me. And ever, ever since I opened that door, I couldn't shut it. I couldn't go back through it and go, now I want to be a doctor. Something had just like fundamentally changed. But I came back to Australia after, after traveling and I moved out of home. Like I already moved out of home, but I moved to the city to study, to go to university and end up, ended up studying biomedical science which was a pathway into medicine, which sounds as boring, but also as cool. I don't know. Some people think it's really cool. And I'm like, oh, it was pretty boring. But I studied that as a way of getting into medicine and realized pretty quickly that because I don't want to be a doctor, uh, why would I not do something else instead? And so I studied commerce as well, but kept doing the biomedical science because once again, there was that idea of you never know when you're going to need it one day. You always want to make sure that's an option for you. And the whole entire time for university, I just probably found myself becoming more and more lost and ended up finishing more lost than what I started because it felt like everyone around me had figured something out that I hadn't or they were making step t- steps towards a certain career path whereas I still felt like I was dabbling and I was swimming around and going oh I might like a bit of this I might like a bit of that And I could see sort of everyone start going down these pathways and getting more and more serious about their careers and getting promotions, doing this sort of stuff. And then I still felt like I was almost at the starting line, that that it was still a race. And when I graduated from university, I was so uh, overwhelmed and really struggling to make any decision post-university what I wanted to do. I had a couple of jobs that could pay the bills, but in the end, my partner and I, we traveled to New Zealand just for a week-long holiday, kind of clear my head and, and just do something to kind of almost celebrate finishing university. And when we were in New Zealand, we were in the mountains. It was the middle of winter. It was beautiful. 
it was so different to the environment that I'd grown up around. It was mountainous. Like it was, whereas where I grew up was completely fat farmland, Mm. small town. And we were having a bottle of wine one night overlooking this gorgeous lake. And we sort of said to each other, could you live here? And within six months, we'd moved to New Zealand. And we moved to this town where all the mountains are. We could snowboard in the winter. We could go out in the lake in the summer. And kind of that idea of opening up my eyes to the world again, this almost opened up my eyes to the lifestyle that I could have. And lifestyle had never been a consideration for me really going Mm. through university or even in my teenage years of, Mm. well, yes, you can like this certain type of work and you can want to do that work, but what does your lifestyle look like? Does that fit in with the lifestyle that you actually want? And what I loved about living where I did was people lived there because they wanted to do certain activities on the weekends. They wanted to be able to finish work and go hiking or go cycling or go snowboarding. Like there were so many cool things that you could do there. And I hadn't found a place where there was a real vibrancy, I think, to the people that lived there. It wasn't the rat race. It wasn't just trying to get ahead as quickly as possible. And that's what had really ended up. I'd been really struggling with when I was living in the city. And when I moved there, sorry, I know this is turning out very long winded, but I feel like you can pick out. No, it's great. Talk talk, talk forever about. Um, When I moved to New Zealand, I said to myself, right, I'm going to do something that I enjoy for work that I know I'll be pretty good at and yeah, that I'm passionate about. And what I did was I became a travel agent because I love travel and I'd done sales jobs in the past and knew I was quite good at sales. And I ended up starting in this company and it was like this just match made in heaven. I completely thrived within the environment. It was like it was set up for me to succeed. So they gave you a great training process, but then there was a lot of support and systems and targets and rewards. And it was just a really incredible environment. I think I was, I don't know, 25 at the time or something like that when I started. Massive work hard, play hard culture earned all these trips, did incredibly well as a salesperson and got to talk about this thing that I love every day. It was incredible. And what kind of ended up happening there was I I did so well that I finished as the number one first year salesperson in New Zealand and number two in the world, um, which was out of about probably about 1,200 people. And so number, yeah, number one in New Zealand, number two in the world. And so it was like like a massive like light bulb moment because I'd always believed that to do well in your career you had to get a degree or get some degrees and then you had to go in and work your way up in a company and then one day you'd be able to say hey I've ticked this box and I'm now at this position and I've done really well in my career but what ends up happening in this company as a travel agent was yeah I did start at the bottom but I didn't need a qualification to be there and within 12 months I'd achieved pretty much the highest uh, achievement recognition at the company that you could and they'd given me all the tools to do it and it didn't matter that I'd only been there for 12 months. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. Like, what does this mean for my career going forth here? And there's these insane trips. I got to go to Vegas and Argentina and all this sort of stuff. It was really cool. But I ended up taking a promotion in that company uh, shortly after doing finishing my first year. I didn't really want to take the promotion, but I was convinced by my boss and some people in the company. But what ended up happening was I completely burnt out. I had a team of 10 salespeople, young salespeople, mm-hmm. were still expected to do a really high volume of sales myself. And it wasn't what I wanted. The joy of the job mm-hmm. had been sucked out of it because I had all these people that I was responsible for training. I was only 26 at the time. I was really struggling under the weight of that, uh, that just that pressure to perform and to keep performing. I was so exhausted from the work I'd already done to to get number one in New Zealand 
that I just didn't have anything left in the tank. I needed like six months just to sleep pretty much and catch up on that. And that's when this, I suppose this idea of unserious careers really came to me of like, I've got to throw everything out again and, and go back to the drawing board and look at my career and go, what were the components of the different jobs that I have had that I've enjoyed? Mm. What didn't I like? And how can I now take ownership for my career and create the career I actually want so that the daily experience I have when I go to work is something that is going to light me up, is going to fill my cup as opposed to draining it, and how I can really use my career to keep living the life that I want to live. Mm. And yeah, this, that's, that is really the idea of an unserious career. Career is how can you create the career that you want that gives you the daily experience of work that you want, not that someone else wants. And I think it's so easy to get really focused on the long term, the bigger picture, where am I going, where am I going to end up, as opposed to, well, where am I at right now and what do the next couple of years look like? And I know for the longest time I was always looking five years ahead, ten years ahead at where I was going as opposed to enjoying what I was doing now. And appreciating that things were going to change over the next few years with my experiences, the people I meet, the places I go. And I realized that I had a message to share and that I really wanted to help other young people to navigate those first few years of their career because you kind of come out of school uh, with these ideas that have come about from your parents and your teachers and your friends and the community that you grew up within but really not knowing what's your idea as opposed to someone else's idea. So how can you really take those first five years of your career after school and make them your own, go and experiment, go and explore, and then create the career that you want as opposed to maybe a cookie cutter traditional approach that someone else has handed you based on the grades that you got at school. Mm. So that is a very long winded way of telling you that story, but hopefully that wrapped it all in, in the end. (laughs) No. Yeah. I think that is so great, honestly. And like, I totally agree. Like, I think that especially for, and I think a lot of people, there's different times that people have this experience, but especially with the coming out of university and kind of like figuring out like where you're going from there. Cause I think a lot of times in university, you feel like you kind of have this four years or however long your program is like the scaffolding of, okay, like it's, here's the next step I take. It's kind of just given to me. But then as soon as you leave school, it's, kind of open-ended and that can feel super overwhelming and um it's easy I think just to feel like you need to continue going the traditional way or to forget that you have the ability to create a life you want and I love what you said about like taking ownership I think of your life too because I think that is so important of just realizing that you can do whatever you want to do and that like there is no um there's no rule book necessarily of like what kind of life you have to build and like finding your own path forward. And I think that is honestly so important and feels like it should just be an everyday concept, but it's not. And I think that like, that is something that we definitely need to like show people more and like help them find for sure. Um, And so I know that like you are not quite Gen Z at the moment, but you were at that place in life now I think and like you said like a little bit about like where you are now as you're wanting to help people kind of like go through that like same place that you were in your life I think going through that and like I did get like a little bit of this like from what you were saying but do you have like one piece of advice you would give to Gen Zers who are kind of going through that point in their life currently and I know like some of that might be the ownership or but like is there like one concrete step that you would suggest okay here's something you can do right now that is going to help you kind of 
point you in the direction that you're wanting to go. Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind, I know this isn't necessarily like a step to take exactly right now, but a really tangible step is take a gap year. So if you're Mm. someone that is, let's say you've gone straight to college, straight to university after school, you're a couple of years in, not really sure what's going on, not sure what you're going to do. I always think that everyone should take a gap year at some point in the first kind of five, maybe 10 years of their career. And the reason for that is the perspective shift that it can give you. Because often what happens, I know from my experience, is you go through school studying. You're studying, studying, studying. That's your life. You study, everything revolves around that. And if you go straight to university, you keep studying, right? Or if you go straight into the workforce, you keep working. You're you're normally working towards something. But I, I hand on my heart, to me, gap years are the best tangible possible step that you can take in your career because of the space that it gives you, the freedom it gives you. You can do whatever you like during that year. It could be working, but working at something you enjoy or working at something for six months to save money to then go and travel. But I think it's really difficult when you are in this same environment, you go into another environment that's kind of similar, so whether it is school to university to then into the workforce of Where is that space? Where's that time for life? Where is that time to really reset, to check in with yourself, to tune in and go, who am I? What am I doing? What do I want out of my life? And I just think there is no greater time to do it than when you're in your late teens, early twenties to take a year and do whatever the hell, the hell you want with it, to be quite honest. So that is always my number one tip for someone is please take a gap year of some sort in the first five years of your career. Um, just because I, the benefits are insane and there is not one person I've met that has taken a gap year that has regretted it, that has gone, I shouldn't have done that. I would have been better off doing something else. And another thing that it really forces you to do is it forces you to slow down because there is this, that can be like, uh, I don't know. I know I felt this and I know it's quite a, a common thing for Gen, Gen Z as well is this like need to get ahead or this feeling like there mm-hmm. is this kind of rush or needing to get to the next step, needing to do things as quickly as possible. But There is so much time and if you don't appreciate that time, it slips by very quickly. And once again, that's where I think a gap year is just this brilliant way to go. I have this 12-month period. How do I want to spend it? And I just think it's one of the best gifts that you can give yourself and your career. Mm -hmm. No, I think that is totally right, especially just with taking a break and sometimes like taking a pause. And I think that there is not enough of an emphasis on that in our culture currently. And it's kind of, it's an old, it's an old saying, maybe like a little bit cliche, but you know, it's like slow and steady wins the race sometimes. And that is really true. I think that sometimes if you're sprinting too fast, you get burnt out. And that is such a huge thing. Like burnout is, I think you were saying as well is a huge thing, I think in our culture now. And it's because we don't really take the time to rest and to like rejuvenate, like definitely. And so I think that is like definitely a huge point that like def- should be like a more at the forefront of I think how we're kind of viewing career and um, what we're going into that especially with taking gap years is I think a great example of how much you can learn like about yourself Mm -hmm. when you take that step forward or take that step back and kind of just get out of your comfort zone for a little bit because I think sometimes you know like nothing can grow in your comfort zone Um, you only grow when you kind of go out of your comfort zone I think that is also a really important part for sure but I love what you were saying about rest and taking a gap year and 
how that all kind of works together with career for sure. Yes, definitely. Mm, well, sorry. So if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to add yeah, something no, else. No. Sorry, can I just add something yeah, else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So there is like, um, I'm sure most people can relate to this, like this feeling of like, I need to have a good answer when someone asks me what I'm up to or what I'm doing for work or what's happening. Like there is this kind of like, oh, I feel like I need to give a tangible answer to that or I'm, I'm studying, I'm, you know, in a year I'll be doing this or whatever it may be. And I know at a certain point I kind of had to let go of that, of needing to impress someone else with what I'm doing and what I'm doing with my life. And university was always a fallback for me of like, oh, I'm studying. Even though I had no idea what I wanted to do after study, I always felt like, oh, it was a good reason. Like I, I'm studying. It's sweet. We're all sorted. People wouldn't almost expect me to have an answer beyond that. But then at a certain point it was like, okay, well, I don't have university to fall back on. So what am I going to fall back on now? And then eventually I just had to go, I don't need anything to fall back on. If I'm uh, living my life the way I want to live it, then I don't need to justify that to anyone else. And even sort of taking this, like say this gap year at the moment, I'm like, yeah, I'm in between phases. Like, Like this is the thing. Life is like a series of phases, right? And you're going to go through different phases and often what can happen is you jump from phase to phase and that could be a job. It could be that you're in a job, you're, you know, you've been working really hard at it, you've been doing well, but you know, it's time for something else. So you don't leave that job until you've got the next job. And then you, you jump from that job to the next job. There's nothing wrong with the jumping between jobs, but where is the break in between? Where is the pause? Where is the chance to reflect on what you did in that one phase before you start the next phase? Where is that time to go? What did I learn? And what do I now want to take with me into this next phase? And that's where I think it's just such a beautiful opportunity if you do give yourself to kind of connect these phases of your life that you're going through, through going and just exploring something else, doing something different. And I can't tell you the amount of lessons I learned through that process, through just the people I've met or the different places I went to that, as you say, like I love that point about you don't grow in your comfort zone. It's so true. And it doesn't mean that you have to take time off to travel the world. If that's not your thing, that's totally fine. But can you go and hang out somewhere new, meet different people, do a different job, do something. If you're used to working on a computer, could you go and do a job that's physically physical, go and just do something completely different. And I think when you start to enter into these challenges voluntarily and go, what are my limits? What do I enjoy doing? It's when you learn so much more about yourself and you're so much more empowered then to actually create a career that you want and a life that you want, as opposed to kind of like floundering floundering around going like, eh, I kind of like that. I kind of like this. Like if you're a bit more proactive about it, you can actually get something out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just kind of going off that too, because I think that there is something to be said absolutely about having different phases of your life and being okay with them being separate or kind of flowing together and just really like living into like that fluidity a little bit of like what life looks like. I think one thing that I would be really interested in hearing is kind of like, how have you, cause I know that you said earlier that you used to kind of be the person that would look, you know, like five, 10 years ahead, but you've kind of tried to embrace more, you know, having um, these different periods of your life. How have you kind of gotten over or came to a place where, Um, you process it differently, the idea of kind of the unknown um, and being okay with that. Like, have you gotten to a point with that? Or like, what is your um, take on like what that looks like, like in life and career, just with the unknown in general? It's a, it's an an awesome question, like a really great question. And I'll give two, two sides to it. So one side is, this is the reason why in my book, I only focus on the first five years of your career. 
because so mm. much changes during that time. And from like a developmental standpoint, like depending on how much you know about human development and the brain, like so much changes during that time, especially between the ages of say like 18 to 23, if you are moving out of home, you're having like, you know, full-time work or whatever it may be. So much changes during that time, which is why in that time ago, just focus on the first five years because beyond that, you have no idea what you're going to be doing. And so you're almost setting yourself up to be disappointed because you end up setting expectations of in five years time, I'll be doing this or in 10 years time, I'll be doing this. So that's something that like I know for me is really important is just focusing, especially the young you are on those, those few years. As for, I guess me now, it's really interesting because I have a, I guess, a belief that if I'm making really great choices for myself now that feel good for me now and I'm enjoying now, I back myself that that's going to lead me in a great direction and that I'm going to continue making those decisions that are going to be good for me. And so that in three years time, if I go, you know what, this isn't for me anymore, what I'm doing, I'll back myself to change that. And that, that will also be a great part of my career journey and my life journey. And as much as I have like a vague idea of what I want to be doing in five years time, I'm totally, I'm also open to what else might come my way. And I'm a lot clearer now, like what five years ago, I had no idea what I wanted. Whereas now I have much more an idea and a lot of that stems into my lifestyle, what I want from my lifestyle. I want the freedom to be able to travel. I don't want to have to be based in a certain location. So I know that now, but I'm not so hell bent, I guess, on the specific details of it. I'm more focused on the feeling and the feelings that I get from my career and from my life. And I know that if that changes and I go, you know what, I want to do this. I think this is what I want to do now. If that changes in three years time, then so be it. That's fine. The worst thing I could possibly do is go, this is what I want to be doing in 10 years time. And I am not willing to change my mind on it at all because there might be other things I haven't thought about yet. People I haven't met yet opportunities that I haven't even considered were open to me. And I want to be available for those. I don't just want to settle for something that feels okay now. And then, you know, so be it if something better comes along, I'll stick with what I'm doing. And this is probably something that I've like a struggle a bit seeing with other people of like this natural, like kind of the older you get, everyone starts to maybe settle down or like buy a dog or have kids. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I think I'm having too much fun. I think I'm experimenting and I really enjoy that about my life. And yeah, I am a lot clearer on what I want now. And so I am putting in more steps to what I'm going to be doing in the next say three to five years, but I'm also always open to be challenged on that and to be open and I'm open Mm -hmm. to other opportunities. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think that kind of going off your point about just staying open-minded and kind of flexible about like what might come up in your future. I think for me, uh, like in the past as well, and I think that I'm sure other people have had this and why I think that is such a great point too. And um, like a good thing to like remember is I think that sometimes it's easy to get like in your mind that if you don't have like this specific idea of exactly what you want to do, And like, if you're not just going full tilt for it, that you're not going to accomplish anything or that you're leaving opportunities on the table. And I think sometimes this idea of flexibility feels like, oh, well, if I have flexibility, then I'm not 100% committed or I'm not fully into what I want. And I think that that is also a mindset change, like mindset that we need to have more flexibility in as well. And the fact that actually, no, like having flexibility in the way you think, in the path you're going towards, opens up your opportunities tenfold. You're going to find so much more opportunity. You're going to find a lot more happiness and joy, a lot more contentment 
if you have that flexibility kind of surrounding what your next couple of years might look like and that you can have an idea of where you're wanting to go. But I think, like you said, like being okay with having that idea, but also knowing that there are things you don't know and there are opportunities that might come up that are going to completely just kind of change your idea of what you want or who you are and that that's okay. And that actually having that happen is going to just change your whole career life and for the better and having that flexibility is a good thing for sure. Um, I like I posted this TikTok the other day and I'm still like learning TikTok and getting like showing like finding my way around there. But I posted this t- TikTok and it was a would you rather. And the question was, would you rather work two days in a job that you hate, knowing that you have the other five days to do it, whatever you want, or work in a job five days a week, but really enjoy the job, like the people you work with, like the workplace. You get paid the same amount regardless, but one of them, two days you hate, the other five days if it, for option B is you enjoy them. And it was really interesting to see the comments on it because I could almost see it reflected in the, like the age and the life phase that someone was in because there were some people that were like, I would never do a job I hate even for two days a week. I would far rather have a job I enjoy and do it five days a week. But then there are other people that went, no, nah, no, nah, I'd rather spend less time at work. I'll do two days a week because then I can spend time with my family. So they obviously like had kids, right? And it really got me thinking, and this is something I think I've like, speaking of mindset, I've had to really like check myself on is I've got to be okay with the idea that in two years time, I might want that. I might want to be completely settled mm-hmm. down, to be in the one location, to be, I don't know, having kids. And I, that might be all I want to do. And I might just want to work two days a week and I don't care what it's doing. And it's just, you know, making as much money as possible in that time so that I have those other five days to do whatever I want. But I need to be okay with that because that might be something that changes. And that's where it's, you just don't know what's around the corner. And I think I've been quite, like, I'm quite, um, I don't know, idealistic maybe. And I like to have these like ideas of the world and be more positive about how it can be. But reality is, I don't know in five years time if that isn't the life that I'm actually going to want at that point. All I know is what I want now. And what I want now is that freedom. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do all that. But I'm also open to the idea that it might change. And maybe I do want a more traditional career in five years time. Maybe I do want to have a dog and, and, and have the house and do all that sort of stuff. I'm okay with that too. But the worst thing I know I could be doing is making a decision now based on what I know I don't want right now. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think that is such a great point to make. And I think something that a lot of people struggle with. And so I think that calling it out and really kind of saying like, okay, have that flexibility, allow yourself to change. That is such a great point to make. Um, And I know you mentioned, I think a minute ago, a little bit about your book, which I would love to hear just a bit more about like when that's coming out or is it out? Is it available? Because I know that is a huge accomplishment and a huge thing. Um, So, I mean, I would love to have you kind of plug that a little bit to our audience and what's about where they can get it. Would love to hear about that. Yeah, amazing. So it's like I basically should be releasing it in the next couple of days. There's been a few hiccups just with some design aspects and getting it all together. But, hey, that's that's the way it rolls. I've never written a book before or released one. Um, so initially it's going to be available on my website, unseriouscareers.com. And then in the next few months, I just want to get some feedback and see if I need to, I don't know what else I want to not necessarily add to it, but in, to how to enhance the book through say audio and things like that. So it'll be available on my website. And basically the concept of the, of the book is 11 actions that you can take, uh, in the first five year, years of your career to create a career that's less serious and more adventurous. Mm-hmm. So I basically outline these 11 actions, they're tangible actions, and how you can 
in a time when you may have no direction or have no idea what you want, how can you still be taking those steps to discover what you do want or where you might like to go and still feel like you're making some progress, even if it may not be in one particular career direction? Um, so it's a lot of it is based on my experiences and my stories, but I've also interviewed quite a number of people. So there are some other people's stories throughout it. But really what I wanted to do is just shed some unseriousness on the whole career space and how it's kind of not your fault if you're caught up in the seriousness of it. Like it's basically, it's a product, you're a product of your environment. It's the way that school is kind of set up and universities. It does feel quite heavy sometimes, but careers can be so much fun if you want them to be. So that's what I want to do with the book is show people how you can still have fun with it. Oh, well, I love that. Well, as soon as it is released, I will be very excited to get a copy because I just think that that is a great concept and I'm always looking for new concrete steps and I love like actionable things that you can do on. So I love that you have like those like 11 steps. I think that is so great. And honestly, congratulations. Like that is such a huge accomplishment really to just get a book out there and like what you've managed to build with Unserious Careers is just honestly amazing so far. And I think such a great message just for people that I think are like leaving school and are looking how to build their careers. Like that is honestly just amazing and I'm so inspired by your work and I know that it's a, the work that we're doing is like a little bit similar so I love that we've been able to kind of have this conversation and just kind of talk about like where career is going for Gen Z and people who are like leaving school and um, how we can be a little uh, a little less serious a little bit more unserious about our careers mm. I think that is such a great point well thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast I'm so excited for our audience kind of just to hear your story and hear um, all the amazing advice you have to give them. Do you have any way that the Gen Z Girlies audience can get in contact with you? Like any Instagram handles or um, LinkedIn or anything, email that they can, what would be the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, so or Instagram or Instagram or TikTok's great. So it's at Unserious Careers on both those platforms. So please feel free to DM me. I love speaking to new people and hearing about their career stories. Um, I honestly love connecting with people. And you can also email me. So if you head to my website, unseriouscareers.com. If you're into email, that's, if that's your thing, that's cool as well, which is just hey at unseriouscareers.com. But probably I'm imagining Insta's the easiest. So whatever floats your boat, I'm, I'm easy. Awesome. Well, I'm sure that they will be reaching out to you. And I know that I love your platforms and getting just to see all the content you're putting out on there. Um, so thank you again so much. So for just taking the time to kind of speak to our audience and just to the Gen Z girls audience, because I know that really the advice you're giving is invaluable. And I think will help so many people just create the lives that they want to and find the way that they can balance career and life and kind of make them make them work for them instead of the other way around. So I think that is so helpful. So thank you so much for um, being with us today. And for Gen Z girlies, for our audience that's listening, as always, I say this at the end of every episode, um, but if you want to get connected with Gen Z girlies podcast, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. It's at Gen Z girlies podcast. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see you love to just see your face around there and our email if you want to have any feedback if you want to get connected if you have a story you want to tell it's um gen z girlies podcast at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you but thank you again alana so much for being with us today and just for telling your story a little bit so we i'm so excited for our audience to hear that for sure absolutely 
Thank you so much for having me. I, I love your work, which is why, yeah, I reached out to you because I think it's so valuable what you're doing. So it's been great to have this conversation. Absolutely. Well, Gen Z girlies, thanks so much for joining and we'll see you next week.